The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Hope your weekend went well. Bears uh, crushed out west. So far. These guys weren't shocked by it, but I heard Joniak yesterday say that it was not a sold-out stadium yesterday. That surprised me. I'm surprised that the Bears fans did not scoop up all the available tickets. Right. With all the Bears fans and the way they travel... And it being a Sunday night game? Or has Bears fans traveled subsided a little bit because of the lack of success recently? I don't think so. I think that's a destination game where I think a lot of people who make plans all, all off season. I think there are a lot of fans out in L.A. Who, who go there. But I didn't see a lot of... I don't think they spent a lot of time showing an ability abundance of Bears fans, nor did it sound like Bears fans were making it excessively loud in a home game. Because I kept saying, like, look, look, this is going to be a home game for the Bears when they get out there. It felt like that was kind of wasn't part of the okay. Were you, were you there? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Did did Bears fans not travel as well as you would have thought? Because um, I saw some of the parking lot shots, and it sure seemed like there were a lot of Bears fans there. Waddle said it didn't sound like it was. I will uh, say this. the Usually leading into a game, I'll get calls here, and they'll say, oh, I'm going to the game, going to the game. Don't feel like I got a lot of those last week. Hmm. I don't remember getting a lot of the, I'm going to the game this weekend. Okay, well, uh, ring us up if you were there. We have a lot of fans who listen out to, uh, to us in California Maybe you live in L.A., maybe you traveled to the game and you're coming back or you just got back. Love to hear from you at 312-332-3776. This was Cap this morning. Remember, tomorrow at this time, uh, we'll know whether or not the Bears made a trade. Are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? Are they going to do both, a little of both? That's what they tried to do last year. They sold and they bought. Um, Are they going to buy another Chase? Chase Young. Um, The Bears have been connected with Chase Young for quite some time. Cap said don't count on it. This was him this morning on Cap and Jay Hood. There's all these reports that the Bears are trying to acquire Chase Young from the Washington Commanders. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I have a really good source on this in the league who has seen the medicals and said he's pretty effed. His knee is that bad, and his hip is bad. So they're not making that move. They are not. Why would you give up a second or third round pick, which is what they're asking for, for a guy who he's one hit away from being done as a football player? Not going to happen. Strong, strong words from Cap right there. He has played in six of their games this year. Yep. Uh, was on the field for the Philly game yesterday. Had two sacks the week before against the Giants. Sack total this year is five. That has been one of the things he consistently 
applies pressure, but really has never racked up a ton of sacks. He had seven and a half his rookie season. That was his best year. Yeah, and then he had only played nine games in 2021. He had the devastating knee injury that just crushed him. Yes, so I have a question for you on that front. Do you believe that, and we had this conversation earlier about how involved Kevin Warren is. If Kevin Warren is is sitting in his office now up at Hallis Hall, and he has, at the very least, he's open-minded to significant change at the end of the year. Do you believe that he could, would, or should step in and say, we're not making any moves here. We've got a ton of cash. We've got a ton of draft currency compared to other teams in the league. And we are in flux with regard to what we, what we are doing now with our coaching staff and maybe some of our other issues as well. It's a great so thought. We'll, so what we're going to do is we're going to stand pat instead of making trades. So let me ask you a question. What if you trade for Montez Sweat or Chase Young or whoever it is? And you do make a coaching change at the end of the year. And that coaching staff isn't a big fan of this player. Now, not say if you find good players and you trust your general manager to acquire good players and sign them to contract extensions and they can play in any system, fine. But I'm just saying this team right now, with what they've gone through, potentially on the cusp of massive change, are you allowing your general manager, who you may have questions about now as well, I don't know, I'm just... I'm throwing it out there with regard to whether or not the Bears will be active on the trade market between now and and the trade deadline. And I believe on the on the pregame show, whether it was yesterday or the day before, didn't Ryan Poll yeah, suggest you want this? that they, he anticipated them being fairly quiet? And, and and like before you start thinking that that's just a general manager downplaying things. Remember, he's a guy who, when things get hot never shies away from being transparent. Right. He'll say, my phone's ringing. We're open for business. Right. We could be active. This was him yesterday on the pregame show. You know, it's one of those things, you know, as it sits right now, I think it's going to be fairly quiet for us. Um, But at the same time, we're always going to be opportunistic and taking information and see does it work for our organization, both uh, short-term and long-term. So, uh, that's our process, um, so it's hard to say right now, but we'll see here uh, as we get through the weekend. I'm just asking the question. I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm speculating. I'm just wondering when it comes to whether or not this team would be active in the trade market between now and tomorrow at this time, how much of that is going to be dictated by Kevin Warren What's or maybe a combination of Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles where they say, hey, listen, here's the deal. We would like to acquire this guy or that guy or we'd like to do this, but our franchise is, is in flux right now. So maybe what we do is we keep our powder dry, both financially, our money, and our draft currency, and we stand pat and we get to the end of the season. Well, it's a great thought. It's a, it's a great thought by you because – if you acquire Chase Young, you're going to have to sign him, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Anybody you acquire for anything like a third or fourth, you're not acquiring a guy at this. You're not winning anything. So the only reason you'd acquire someone is if they are part of your future. So then why then? Are, then now all of a sudden you're going to hire a coach, and what if that new coach doesn't like Chase That's Young, and now all of a sudden you've you you've signed him? Yeah. Or, or, what it, now, or now you're going to handcuff yourself into 
signing a coach who only likes Chase Young. Correct. And and you're going to not hire a guy who you really like, and he tells you, but you know what? I don't think you can win with Chase Young. Right. Well, we just traded for him. We just signed him. Like that's stupid. This is so why that's I, a good. It's, I, it's really a good point. I think it's 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 very possible that they stand pat because there are a lot of things up in the air right now. And why would you want to uh, listen? I can already. It, Let's say they do make a coaching change at the end of the year and they bring in a, a, a head coach whose defensive coordinator runs a 3-4. Like, what are you going to do? You just signed Tremaine Edmonds to a big contract and he's not a 3-4. I'm sure you could find a way to get you know productivity out of him. But, like... I mean, there are questions yeah, that of are, there are. are you know, wrapped in questions, wrapped in other questions that maybe the best... Unless you can steal somebody who can play. If if you think Brian Burns is worth a second round next year or whatever it is, and he can fit any defensive right. system and you have him rated so high, but I would think anything that has even a scintilla of question mark attached to it, you're probably sitting on your hands. Right, right. Like, this is such a big offseason for us. We may just want to wait to get there and not do anything more now and keep keep all of our draft capital. I don't know. I mean, or is it all being driven by the new president of the organization? I don't I know. That, like, I think that's the best question. It's what the caller brought up earlier is how much power, as they showed him, uh, Kevin Warren, the new Bears president, how much power does he really have going into this offseason? And, and I would say to you, based on what's transpired and we both agree that it, we were we would have been shocked if he had made any big decisions since he was hired in April based on all of it if you're Kevin Warren what are you doing right are you tapping the brakes on everything and saying whoa that thing mm-hmm. we're in flux right now like we don't mm-hmm. need to be making long-term commitments to anybody when we may have change does he go back to George and say hey George what do you want to do or is he the top is he the top of the food chain, and he just needs permission after he's made up his mind for approval? Like he, the buck stops with him, and he just needs before he needs to get it through. Yeah, I don't go know. to George. George, th- these are my choices. Do you approve? Can I go do this all? Yeah, I don't know. You know, like I don't like. Is he a, the all wielding power up there? So I don't know the answer to any of it. Like, whether or not it's the coach's influence or it's the general manager's influence, maybe Kevin Warren doesn't want to trade Jalen Johnson at this point. Maybe he doesn't want to. I don't know. I'm just wondering whether or not his influence is something that is being wielded up there right now as the trade deadline nears. Bill, uh, in the South Shore area, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bill? Hey, what's up? Hey, just a couple things, and I'll let you guys go. Um... One, you know, obviously Chase, there's public knowledge that knee injury was so bad that he, his patella and ACL were done, and they had to take a piece of his other patella. Okay, that's way too much risk for me. Furthermore, um, you know, in, in regard to Tyson, um, you know, they signed him on May the 5th, and they signed him for three years, okay, um, for under $3 million. And as a serviceable QB2 who's also developmental, I think that's that's something nice in the back pocket long term. Okay, whatever comes of it, we'll see. But I see a lot of teams with a lot of worse QB twos, of course, paying yeah. way more money than that. No, it's you know a fair I mean? point. Like I, I listen, 
If you were evaluating what you saw last night kind of in a vacuum, what you would have said about the situation is is not a bad performance for a rookie backup quarterback and a guy that you'd like to have on your roster. Maybe not your quarterback one, but as a backup, having to step in in a pinch, that being his second career start, you could probably work with that going forward. Now, if you watch that, are you going to jump to the conclusion, and again, it's an entirely tiny sample size, that he's somebody's future number one? I don't think anybody's jumping to that conclusion. But again, it's a very, very small sample size. But as the caller said, look, if at the end of this season you feel like what you have is a moderately priced backup that you feel like maybe he doesn't have top-end talent, but he's not going to give you boom-goes-the-dynamite moments more than not, then that's a valuable piece to your roster. Right. Look, of course, nobody – I my whole – premise last week was give the kid credit but don't go from a to z sure i'm crowning him you know like i didn't understand the hate from the just fields fans but in the same regard like i also don't think we should say that wasn't a bad performance from an undrafted rookie like cj stroud yesterday and by no means am i saying that cj that bajent is in the same category of a prospect as cj stroud C.J. Stroud yesterday in the Carolina loss was 16 of 24 for 140 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Is anyone getting cold on C.J. Stroud after that game? No, because his body of work so far as a rookie has been good. Right. Well, well, yeah, right. I mean, like, my point is rookie quarterbacks, it's not going to be a linear growth. No. So, Bryce Young, 22 of 31, 235, a touchdown, zero interceptions. That's a good game for him. For him, that's a good game. But he he hasn't had great games. Uh, like again, in in a second game for any rookie, I don't think that was bad. No, it was definitely but, but not. Again, a- but like, but they're like, oh, all you guys out there who were complimenting Bajent, he sure got brought back down to earth. Like, I don't think that was a, a catastrophic game for Bajent. No, it wasn't a disaster, no doubt about it. Look, the game. Last week against the the Las Vegas Raiders basically unfolded in a perfect manner for him. You got on top of them early. You were a run-heavy team. They they didn't ask him to do a ton. What he did do, he did very efficiently and very effective, and he played well. This game, the opposite happened. You came out, you got behind early, you didn't establish a running game, you were in catch mode, which is a difficult position for anybody to be in, especially a young quarterback with very little experience. Did he provide a bunch of answers and solutions? No. But I could tell you that about a lot of quarterbacks in difficult situations. It's easier to play that position when everything is clean and everything is going in the right direction. That happened against the Raiders, and he played well. The game unfolded differently than the Raiders game. This was a step up in class with regard to the defensive players that the Chargers run out there. And he didn't provide the solutions that maybe some people thought that magically he could provide. I've started to judge Justin differently in year three. That's I, And I think that's fair. I, I well, think in years one and, starts. That's and, fair. And, and, and that's direction. my point. In years one and two, I judged him differently. Yes. Whenever anyone came to me and said, "Well, what about Mitch? Or whether uh, what about Mitch in year three versus Justin in his first year?" And I'm like, 
wait, we're comparing Justin's first year to what Mitch did in his third year? It's no. Not apples to apples. I'm not taking what Justin's doing in his first year and comparing. And that's that's always my point. What's fair is fair. And I'm like, I'm not Tyson Bajent again. What what are the expectations? I want him to keep the rig on the road here. And again, if the worst thing he is is QB two and a cheap contract, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Like, Look at well, the number of teams around the league that are searching for good backup. Why why are people argue? Why are people coming into my timeline like like doing a victory lap? Why are there victory laps from Bears fans today? That's silliness. Welcome to social media. But it's silliness, like know, social media is... or not. What, what, what is the, what's the motivation behind that? Well, the motivation is simple. They have got a vested interest in their perspective being correct. Everyone's got a blog. Everyone's got a has 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 got a podcast. But what have they been correct least, about? I, I'm not sure. Obviously, that they're doing a victory lap. But if, when you ask what is people, what are people doing? It's all about people feeling that they need to be credible on their take now listen you don't have to agree with their take or you don't have to agree with the fact that they're taking a victory lap right now but that's what it's all about and i said this to lance yesterday lance briggs i'm talking about on our pregame show like for the ones who thought the coverage last week were over was over the top whether it be on in local media or national media everyone knew who justin fields was from his high school days. He was the number one high school prospect from a young age in Georgia. He was everyone's All-American after he transferred from the University of Georgia to Ohio State. He was on people's Heisman's ballots. He was uh, going to the national championship playoffs in two straight years. Everyone knew Justin Fields. He was the 11th overall pick. This was a guy, Bajent, who no one knew anything about his story. Half our job is to inform. No one knew who Tyson Bajent was. And a lot of the general sports fans didn't follow preseason. No. So everybody got to know Justin Fields through the draft process, through his college career at Ohio State, through the Netflix special when he was a, a high school player at Georgia. There was a long get-to-know-you process. No one ever got to know Tyson Bajent. This was the first time he had ever been on a stage. So we were getting to know him, and a lot of fans were getting to know him well, what do you in, a week's, in a week's notice. What do you think the national television production is doing? You really want us to focus on a 2-5 and five team squaring off with a 2-4 and four team and not focus on the kid that is a Division II quarterback? And the likelihood that that kid would ever come yeah. out of a Division II program and ever start in the National Football League. I don't blame NBC for, for hyping that story up. I, I had a friend of mine I went to college with who came to me saying, Sylvie, did anyone ever did the, do the family stories on Justin Fields? I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many times that Mike and Mike had Justin Fields' dad on their show, do you know how many times we did the story about Justin Fields and his father petitioning the Big Ten and what a great family he came from to petition the Big Ten to have a season in the COVID year? Do you know about all of that stuff? 
He has been on the national stage for so long about his great upbringing, about all that he overcame transferring from the University of Georgia and what he overcame to get to the Ohio State. Remember, remember the Elite 11, too. It was always Trevor Lawrence and him. Yes. And their story was told. That's on Netflix. Right. And, And so I'm saying, why is everyone so insecure about it? Why, why are there so many people who are insecure who love Justin? I don't get it. That's on you. That's a you problem. The kid, this is an undrafted kid who was never recruited by his state school. He played at a Division II school and never got any publicity. And for the first time in his life, he got the stage. And you guys were jealous of it? It's silliness. It's not worth time. Well, I, I think it is. It's not worth. It's worth time to, battling with these people well, that have this perspective. I, I, it's a wonder to me. It's it, it's like I, it, it, because I think it's silly. I I, I think it's truly silly. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to discuss it, um, and then the Bears as a whole, we found out the Bajent will start this weekend. Uh, Matt Eberflus was on with us. Then he met the media at House Hall, and he still he came right out. No hiding it this week. It's unusual. Yeah, he's a week to week thing still for Justin Fields at this point. The good, the bad, the dirty coming up, and uh, all of your phone calls. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN One Thousand. The good. It's gone! Oh my god! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I thought my mask. Wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. The good, the bad, the dirty is brought to you by Finishing Chicago. We'll go around the room. Charlie's in for Meller today. What time did Meller work till last night? 5 a.m. No way did he work till 5 a.m. Did he work till 3 even? Or did they uh, cut it short? Because I, I can't imagine that Yurko and Peggy went past midnight last night with the way the game ended. Uh, so Meller's out anyway. Uh, Charlie's in. Tyler's here. Uh, Waddle and me. We'll go around the room. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing uh, that we perceive as dirty. Uh, Waddle, what is your good? My good was the performance of one Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. 28 of 32 for 283 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also carried the football six times for 43 yards. The calf is just fine. Bengals beat the 49ers in Santa Clara. 31-17 was the final. Joe Burrow, not only good, Joe Burrow was great. Yep. Joe Cool is back. Joe Cool is back. Um, We we always uh, sit there in September, make all these assumptions. This guy's not good anymore. This team's not going to be good anymore. And then six weeks later, we're like, oh, yeah, it's really, really long season. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, my good is watching those Packer fans squirm. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're 2-5 and five now. They lost 24-10 to 10 to the Vikings yesterday. And uh, I continue to say it. Um, you guys overestimated uh, what you were getting from Aaron Rodgers. And you couldn't wait till he was gone. You guys hated the fact that you were going to the playoffs each and every year. 
And you guys all called him a diva. And you just thought when he left town that it would continue. Um, you didn't realize that Goody wasn't as good as Ted Thompson. You didn't realize that Goody wasn't as good as Ron Wolf. You just thought quarterbacks would grow on trees and that the next one would be as good as Favre and Rodgers. It doesn't work that way. It rarely works that way. You get very lucky that you got two in a row. Very rarely do you get two in like a hundred years. Take a look at what's happened here. Take it from me. I warned you about it before this had even happened. This is so much fun to watch, even though that my team sucks still. I could still have a little bit of good watching the Packers suck. So that's a good thing because I warned them and they weren't listening. It is good that the Packers are bad. My good from the weekend is the play of Will Levis. He was slinging the ball around the field, had four touchdowns in his debut, three of which came from at least 30 yards as well. He looked comfortable back there, and and that was a fun Tennessee offense to watch yesterday. Hopkins had three scores, too. Three of them, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Big day. Big day for for DeAndre Hopkins. Have they named him their starter going forward now? If not, Levis. they're probably going to have a... Uh... Well, they play the Thursday game this week, too. So you'd imagine it's probably tough for Tannehill to turn around and be ready for this Thursday. He, he can't start anyway for them anymore. I don't no. know why you wouldn't just go with the young guy at this point. Mm-hmm. He wasn't healthy earlier in the year, right? Wasn't that the reason yes, why he, they went to Malik Willis? Yeah, I believe at the either the end of training camp or sometime during uh, the preseason, he came down with some sort of injury. Right. Charlie, what do you got? I got your first place Seattle Seahawks at 5-2. and two. That's a good win against Cleveland, and they just added Leonard Williams today. I know it's just the way the, the NFC is playing out. 49ers are taking a little bit of a slide right now, plus 1,300 to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying I love it, but something I'm maybe thinking about a little bit. The Seahawks are plus 1,300? Oh, yeah. Did you grow up a Seahawks fan? I did not, but I grew up surrounded by Seahawks fans. And in fact, I actually hated the Seahawks when I was Wow. Growing. Yeah. Couldn't stand them. Who, who did you grow up a fan of? The Bears. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was born around here, like in the suburbs. I just moved to Portland. Okay. By the way, you know, Gino hasn't had that great a year this year. He's been very up and down. Thrown a lot of picks. I think he's thrown what is or uh, his touchdown interception ratio is nine to six. Wow. Yeah, he hasn't had the same six. year this year as he had last year, but it's, it's a pretty good team and they're very well coached. Was DK out again yesterday? I don't think so. I think he played. I believe he played. He played. I, re- I feel like I remember seeing him on the field yesterday. Okay. Yes, he played. He had uh, five catches for sixty-seven yards. What's uh, what's your bad? Uh, my bad was uh, the performance of, you mentioned it earlier, Patrick Williams to start the season. Eight points, three points, zero points. Zero points. Zero points. And he was talking about wanting a gigantic $200 million contract. Isn't that what? Maybe well, was he wasn't re- saying it, but his representatives. Something was sent out there that, hey, P. Will is looking for a big contract. That it starts with a two, two. and it's not 20. Yes. It's not twenty million. I would argue now too that you're on the cusp of having no trade value either. Zero. Like you've held on to him for so long, they've wanted this continuity. 
and they have been like, he's going to grow into something, he's going to grow into something, and they've waited so long that now he's basically worthless. There's nothing there. And Kobe's been off to a decent start, and then he put up a goose egg, too. So you had two starters in the Detroit game who got you zero points as starters. Kobe White and Patrick Williams. Isn't that incredible? It's awful. And then remind me later, Hembo did, uh, I gave Hembo a little homework. Um, I wanted to know how many guys in their history, in the history of the NBA, have had a 50-point performance with zero assists. I'll, I'll quiz you guys. Like, is this something that happens more than we think? Or is it a rarity? Um, I've got that because Zach Levine, I think, had, what, 51 and zero assists. To not stumble into assists, is that a rarity? Or is that uh, something that happens more often than we think? Uh, my bet is uh, that Jets-Giants game. That was hot garbage right there. Yeah, The Giants, uh, I think, at the end of the day, had negative nine yards passing. Negative nine yards passing. I think I heard Greeny say there were more punts than points scored in that game. The only thing that was positive to come away from that game was a Jets win and that Aaron Rodgers was planting before the game and throwing the football. Pretty crazy. I, I think I sent you guys a video before the game. I do think he's coming back. I think he's going to play in a football game this year. But, Probably uh, waiting to the postseason if they get there. Do you think so? I mean, I, well, I don't know. I unless mean, listen, it's a must-win game in January or at the end of December. So. There's, a, there's a big difference between doing what he's doing and having to plant with a large man on your back as you're trying to throw the football downfield. So but there's a long he look way. Like, but look what he looked like six weeks ago compared to now. I get What you. could he look like in two months from now? I'm sure that he's ahead of schedule. And I'm just saying I don't think that... I, I think that him playing in the postseason is a very real possibility, but having him play in a must-win game late in December, I don't know if that's because they got to get realistic. there. Of course, they got to get to the postseason from to play. But winning these games are important. Yes. Um, so, what do you guys got? My bad. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs and the play that they put on. I know Patrick Mahomes was dealing with a little bit of a flu. But it wasn't just Patrick that looked bad out there. A little bit of a flu is the flu that somebody else has, not you. (laughs) So I'm just saying, but like, I'm I'm not blaming Mahomes here, but you look at some of the other players out there as well. Like, they fumbled the ball. It was untimely with some of these fumbles. Um, And then just defensively, they weren't doing anything against this this, uh, Broncos team either, who seemed to move the ball pretty comfortably, especially in the first half. So the entirety of the Kansas City Chiefs get my bad for the weekend. Taylor Swift and Chop, right? Not there, nope. A lot of people are saying they play much better with Taylor Swift in the building. Yep. And then did you see that the Broncos uh, played Taylor Swift right after they won? Yeah, on the way up. On the sound speakers? That's that's good stadium ops right there. It is. It's, they're not nearly as good as the Chargers when it comes to the stuff that they do. But, you know, it's, it's okay to be second in that contest. It's a good division for uh It is, for <laughs> social media. Yeah. Sniping. Charlie? Yeah, I'm going to go with how coaches are handling player injuries a little bit right now because we saw with the Rams game, Matt Stafford messes up his thumb. 
He can barely play, and they leave him out there. And then Brock Purdy last Monday was taken out for a concussion, and five days later he's suiting up and starting the game for the 49ers. I don't know all the information that they have, obviously, but it just seemed very odd that an NFL team was willing to so quickly progress through concussion protocol. He hit his head on a play late in the game again yesterday. Yeah. And actually reached for his helmet. Yeah, it was like it wasn't to the extent of what happened with Tua last year, but like wouldn't the NFL try to do as much as they can to avoid another one of those situations? And he's not played well lately. No, he's thrown five picks, I think, in the last three games, something like that. So uh, my dirty was your I won't spend much time on it. It was your bad, and that was the Giants Jets Rocks uh, rock fight. Twenty four punts in that game. I mean it was it was it was dirty in a bad way. It was it was a painful watch, even as it was just being shown off and on in the red zone, on the red zone. It was awful. Horrible. No thanks. Don't want it. My dirty is uh, Darnell Mooney catching a football to start the game and no one touching him down, but then blowing a whistle and ruling him down. It's hard enough for the Bears to be good. Don't blow a whistle. And Darnell, get up and run to the damn end zone and then make it Make it where they could throw a challenge flag. I don't know if Matt Eberflush would throw a challenge flag even so. Well, he does, and they tend to be a touch late, but he will throw it every now and again. Get, get up and, and run. I was yelling, too, in the... Uh, uh, by the way, I did look at Peggy. Yurko wasn't here yet. I did look at Peggy uh, right before the first play. I go, go deep here on the first play. Peggy can vouch for me. And then sure enough, they did. And I think we were all talking about it during the week. You had been saying sluggo, sluggo, slant, go. They still, I mean, they could still do it. People are going to sit on him. People are going to sit on him until they do something like that. And I loved the play. I hated the plays after that. I just wish that Mooney would have got up and forced their hand right away. I would have wished that the officials, like, would have been more on top of it. What are you blowing the play dead? That's dirty. And it wasn't that, like, I didn't like the Cole Komet whistle either. Did you think that was a quick whistle on the forward progress when yes. he then ran into the end zone? Yeah. It was, it was a little, little early. A little early. Remember the Eli Manning play in the Super Bowl? There was no whistle there. He was allowed to run and run and run and run and run, get out of contain. That's what happens when you're a bad team. It seems like all this stuff runs downhill and piles on top of you. Dirty. And how about also the non-call on the intentional grounding, too? That would have made a third and seven into a third and 22, I believe. Mm. So. Lots of, yeah, lots of bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, My dirty from the weekend is the Kansas Jayhawks and their upset victory over number six Oklahoma. This is our first upset that we've had this season in college football that's really tilted the college football playoff. And by the way, we get our first playoff rankings tomorrow as well but also the celebration involved with it i love this that i see it in college football a lot more now the let's take down the goalpost and not just that but we're taking it to the lake we're taking it to the river that's what kansas did including one of our very own justin pottinger was a part of the ushering of the goalposts out of the stadium and into the lake why did they throw in the lake that's what i want to know I saw that last year uh, Tennessee did it, too. They, well, they, well, why when they plant it in some fields yes, or they, something? That's what I, I, I want to know this. Anyone who's gone to a college, a big school now, uh, granted, well, I went to a, a good 1AA school where we didn't rip down the goalposts. We, we don't draw 12,000 people to the school I went to. So, so like, I want to know this. 
What what does throwing in a lake do? It just goes then. It just goes to the bottom of the lake, right? Here's, well, here's don't what you I, want it like a cool plant souvenir? Yeah, here's what I think it does. All right, no, they have plenty there. Yes, but I think that when you take it to the lake, like if you just put it in a field, you bring it to the field, and then it's like, now what? When you throw it in the lake, you get the giant splash, and everyone goes, "Hey!" When the it goes but, to the uh, lake, then that's it's a moment lake, there. Though. Who cares? But then, but then but what happens? Does the university then fish it out, or is it in the lake forever? No, Whoever I think owns the buy. lake probably fishes it out. Yeah, I think the the, the all these lakes are on like campus. By the way, too. think about it. if you're chanting, "Take it to the lake." It sounds probably sounds a lot cooler than "Take it to the cornfield." To the lake. To the to lake. The lake. To, to the, the lake. lake. To the I lake. know, but I, I'm with you. Like, I think you could have fun. Plants you in. could do a bonfire yes. with the goalposts yeah. in the middle of a field. Totally. Get drunk with the goalposts and do a bonfire. Get yeah. drunk and play with fire. Like, why? I don't understand throwing it. Uh, do I sound like an old man now? No, I wondered why they threw it in the lake, too. I don't know why you throw like anything in the lake. It's not the Loch monster. Like, what, I don't know. What are you going to do? Why, why throw it in somebody's lake? What 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 good does it do you then? Is that what you guys did at Syracuse? No, we just went to this park. Like when I was there, we beat Clemson when they were like number By two the way, in the you country. You could never get the the goalpost out because you played in a dome. Played in yeah. a dome, yeah, inside the carrier mm-hmm. dome. Yeah, yeah. Was, gonna puncture the dome. Well, the thing about that place too is you're not allowed, to, and they fixed it since. But it used to be an inflatable dome. Oh, where the the air uh, would go out. Yeah, so you can't open a door without opening another door, and if you do, then you start to deflate the whole place. <laughs> so we could never get the metro dome out. used to be like that. Right? Yeah, you could never actually get a goal post out without deflating the entire place and like the wind that comes with it when you open two doors oh yeah oh it'll push you can't you actually have to open them in in like a certain order or else the whole thing comes down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. crazy I hate playing in that joint oh god I hate it I hate it going there we're at the uh, The carrier dome dome. oh some big basketball games have been played there through the years it's cool for basketball it's terrible for football terrible there was a time, though, when Syracuse football, when I was in school, they were great. Yeah. Don McPherson was your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Dick McPherson was Dick the Dick McPherson the was co- the coach. coach. You had, uh, who was, uh, uh, Moose Johnston was there. Mm-hmm. Tommy Kane, wide receiver. Yeah. Scott Schwades. Like, they had a ton of players. And then didn't Donovan McNabb play there? And yes. Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Did wow. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had, a, like, a long list of guys that were very, very good. Uh, did you wrap us up, Charlie? No, not yet. Real quick, mine is just Kyler Gordon dressing up as Spider-Man to that Chargers game, and then the Bears passing defense immediately allowing three passing touchdowns at two. Did you see him? Yards. He was in full Spider-Man garb. I, I was talking about it. Looks uncomfortable to me. It's like if, you know, I know he wants the nickname Spider-Man, but it's like you're an okay slot corner. Like, let's work on becoming a really good player before yeah, going no, I, with Spider-Man. Yeah, Charlie, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair statement. Do you have to get to a certain level before you could dress up as a superhero? I don't know. I mean, like, Sauce Gardner is, you know, he lived up to it. You're a slot corner who's, like, been okay. I think it's fair. I think it's a good point by Charlie that it's, you know, look, do you, but maybe that resonates with me a little bit more if you've had a couple of, you know, Pro Bowl appearances. Okay, you can be Aquaman for now. You got to earn Spider-Man. That's right. Spider-Man is, yes, way up the, the chart. And then Aquaman could go get the goalpost in the bottom of the there lake. Yes. Perfect. 312-332-3776. Would you throw goalposts in the bottom of a lake on campus? Or would you? what would you do with the goalposts of your university? Where would you take them? 
Uh, you want to talk Bears with us? 312-332-3776. What stood out to you, your big takeaways from last night? What was that? Was that a moan? Oh. We could talk Bulls basketball if you'd, if you'd rather. Yeah, this is the, uh, we were talking about the, uh, it's either a solstice or an equinox. With every sport being played today. Only today. Only today. Every sport is in action. By the way, tonight. MLS soccer has also got a schedule for you as well. So everything is on. Everything is on. Everything is on. All right, it's Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. The old man tweets, and he says, uh, Sylvie, uh, about the goalposts, be enterprising. Cut the posts into small pieces and sell them or just pass them out as keepsakes. I like that idea. Better than throwing him into the lake. But I bet a bunch of drunk people on campus, they're just... uh, To the uh, lake! (laughs) To the lake! I know what they're thinking. Jesse is in Evanston. Jesse, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, fellas? It's Watercat. Hey, uh, I we back in the, I think probably 90, 93, we ripped the field goal post out of Northwestern and carried it up Central Street there to the to the canal. And we tossed it over the side of, into the canal and cheered. I think it's the splash factor. Wow, that is such a low bar for entertainment to see a, back, a big splash. That's back in the day. I also uh, had a Dalmatian, and I used a purple Crayola erasable marker, and I put purple dots all over him. Oh, that's and terrible! Actually snuck him into snuck him into the game. The ushers were letting me into the game. I got kicked out like four times, and they kept letting me back in. Why? Because of the because he was purple. No, I just painted purple dots on him. Like a yeah, he was a Dalmatian, so he had black, white, and purple dots. They actually showed me on ESPN. <laughs> Did you wash them off when you were done? Well, it was the erasable marker. So the answer Crayola is yes, erasable right? kids yeah. marker. Okay. So I love Dalmatians. I, yeah, it was a good dog. I left it, I left it on as uh, long as I could, though, because it was cool. I was, I was cool for you, man. Yeah, yeah, cool for the up, dog. I grew up in but, your hood, Sylvia, yeah. back in, right on the corner there at Skokie and Evanston. Oh, yes, Kevinston. Yeah. Yes, why, why don't you come down here, Jesse, and, and why we'll put a bunch of erasable marker on you. Yeah. See how much you like well, it. We, well, we go way back. This is you, My brother works for you guys. This is I water know co- who you are. Oh. We know. Are you drunk? <laughs> You're hammered no, again, no, Jesse. I, You're on the I'm golf actually, course, aren't you? Even as cold as it yeah, is. Yeah, I was... I was there when you busted your head open. I know. That was the worst. I was the one that carried you to the golf cart. You didn't carry me anywhere. I was fine. (laughs) Was that at the golf event? Yes. That was Jesse. Thanks. It was back when um, it was our first event after COVID. And I didn't want to. And I was just back from cancer. And I didn't want to make a stink about it. And I wasn't golfing. And then I was a total klutz. And I went back, got back into the golf cart, and I, it was like a limbo bar where I didn't clear that the roof of the golf cart. Paid the price. And I hit my head on it, and I cut my head open. You're lucky you didn't get a concussion. I, yeah, maybe I did. Maybe you did. 
And Maybe that explains. And stuff. I knew I cut my head open, but I didn't want to complain. And I felt it, and I knew it was bleeding, but it wasn't gushing. So I was wearing a hat. Usually, your head bleeds a lot too. Yes, and so it wasn't gushing. So I thought I was okay. So I'm like, okay, it's no big deal. I'll go to the bathroom and I'll wash it out, and I'll just use a paper towel. I'll put my hat on. I'm fine. And I I, I toughed it out the whole day. It was no big deal. Yes. And then several hours later, I showed my wife. I go, by the way, I hit my head on the golf cart. I don't want to do want to make a big deal out of it. It's the first event we've had. She goes, babe, there's a huge gash there. And I needed five staples that night to close the wound. She could have just done it with one of the kids staples, couldn't she? (laughs) No. No? Five staples. Not even stitches. Staples. Staples are better anyway. Are they? Oh, yes. You're definitely going to get healed. Yeah, so I, I mean, it was fine. I mean, you know, in the middle of the ER at 11 in the o'clock. Morning. It was 11 o'clock at night. How long did it take you to get stapled up? Not long. No? It was, they were got me in and out at Lake wow. Forest Hospital. Okay. 11.30, overflow. I had to be in a bed in overflow. That was yeah. still during COVID, though. You know, while they bring you beds drinks? were being taken. No. Drinks. Yeah, they bring you anything to drink. Like a no. water? Whatever. Are you talking about cocktails? Whatever. No, You're a VIP, bro. No VIPs. Yeah, I was. I got the good staples. That's yeah. all I was. At, I could Perfect. ask for. All right, uh, we got some news on uh, Bajent on whether or not him or Justin will start this Saturday. We will tell you about that coming up next. <laughs>